was happening world it's kieran ben again ben has given me the reins to host another episode so strap in so we've been covering a bunch of variety of films lately i know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus but we are back and we've listened to you guys so we are gonna dive into some um suggestions that were given to us so today starting off we're gonna do uh sadar undum this is a movie from 2021 so i missed this movie during its release i have amazon prime i watch a lot of things on amazon prime totally missed this title when it came but then through watching it and doing research i didn't re- realize how like heavy accoladed this movie was it won a bunch of like smaller film awards and things like that and it is based on a true story very powerful now ben what is your history with the film the suggestion came through YouTube, and I looked it up, and I watched it, and I had no clue about any the, of it. The, yeah, this massacre or any of the stuff that happened. It it was for me. It was like devastating. I was like, oh my god, I, I, it was just traumatizing. Tra- traumatizing, I think, is one of the best words for it. Obviously, not a spoiler. This movie is based in truth, but you've listened to our podcast before, so you do know that we do cover the whole film and we do spoil. So, spoil, th- spoil. So, this movie follows this one man who goes by a variety of aliases, um, one of them being Siddhar Undam. And he is um, fighting for his freedom, and he is a real, car- a real person in real life. And he did massacre um, Michael O'Dowd who was a lieutenant for the British Empire and who had rule in India. He was a governor in India. And he approved and allowed a massacre to happen of, I think it said 2 million people, men, women, and children. What did it say at the end? Oh, I don't know. I I don't know if it was 2 million. The massacre happened, but I don't think it was, was it 2 million? It might have been 2 million overall. Overall. Yeah, but in that one incident, I think it was 2,000. That died. That died and injured. It was awful. It was awful. So during this time, the British Empire was, they were holding curfews. They were holding no assemblies. People of two or more couldn't gather. It was very strict. And so without warning, and we we can get into the psychology of the British um, soldiers later, the second one more so than Michael O'Dowd. We see them and they say, we're not going to give a warning. They know not to gather, which is kind of like, I don't know, wrong. I feel like if you're going to open fire on people, you should absolutely give them a warning. So then, yes, open fire onto this huge open space of people. Peaceful protest. Peaceful protest. Um, Like we had said, it was uh, men, women, and children. And so this is obviously what the movie talks about. This this, This is our main character's kind of catalyst to start his avenging and fighting not fully because we do see him with uh barat singh earlier he is arm and arm with him but this sort of pushes him further into leaving india to hunt this man down in england and it takes him six years yeah his girlfriend dies dies she couldn't talk yeah she was at the massacre and he couldn't find her, i know because uh, all the bodies so you never know if he actually found her I don't think he did. Yeah, because like, they were just covering people up with blankets and whatever they could to cover them up for the dead bodies. So it really scarred him because like, he, he spent seven hours pulling, pulling wounded and you know, dying people to this mediocre like, hospital that they threw together. And you know, people were dying, and um, it was just traumatizing for him. I mean, of course, I mean, he was already trying to be a freedom fighter, but he, they were peaceful freedom fighters. They didn't want any kind of violence. But then you know, to lose the person you love and then to experience... All that bloodshed and loss and to see, like, the, all the death. I mean. I, I mean. Yeah. 
I mean, I would be pushed to the edge to assassinate the person that did this if I spent seven hours pulling dead children from a pit. Yeah. I that mean, would absolutely, like, there was, and I think the pol- the British police officers, so when, so one thing I really appreciated about this movie was that it is told in flashback. So the, the story jumps around all over time. And so we get this story right at the end of the film when he is speaking, kind of confessing before he dies to one of the main police officers that was like handling his case, I would say. Yeah. And super emotional moment. And you can see at the end of it that this police officer does not want to kill him. He actually shakes his hand. Yeah, well, you know, Winston Churchill, when we was told about this, uh, condemned it. He did not approve it. But, but then he did allow it. But see, that's the thing. You ever see Braveheart? Yeah, I saw Braveheart. So when the father says, you know, condemn it publicly, but back it privately, yeah. that's the first thing that jumped into my mind. I was like, is this the same thing? It, I mean, is, it is the same thing yeah. because, and I mean, you hear it time and time again throughout the film because I thought uh, when it, the, the style of this movie and the directing was very good and we're going to get into that, but the use of uh, diegetic radio in the, and having those broadcasts throughout to kind of give exposition, exposition and story to tell kind of where everyone's minds was at. I mean, he did commit the assassination in 1940, right kind of during the pinnacle of World War II. So fear was abound. And I think to sort of get into that mindset of what was happening, to having those like radio clips and those like newspapers, I think really led to it because you're seeing oppression and you're seeing the tyranny of the British Empire from one scope. And then you kind of see them in a state of like fear which I think is interesting, not saying it's justifiable, not saying I ever pity the British Empire, but it is very interesting, I think, to have both of these things happening at the same time. And then you see him making deals with the IRA. You see him make, trying to make deals with the Soviet Union. And I think it's really interesting that all these people recognized and were on, well, with the exception of the Soviet Union, were on the receiving end of British tyranny. And... I love like I love the idea of like the enemy of my enemy is, is my, my friend. friend. And I think with the IRA especially that was very prominent. And I thought very interesting and I I would have never had even guessed that. Yeah. I like the fact that it shows that like not all British citizens were down with what was happening in India. I mean, it's just like, you know, not all Germans were Nazis. I mean, it just goes not all the group, you know, the British citizens were you know, like, "Okay, let's let's just torment these people and treat them like dirt." I mean, so it showed that like there's good and bad in everyone. There's good and bad in everyone. But at the same time, I feel like if you're looking at like the colonization and oppression that the British Empire inflicted in India, it's much different. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. It is. I mean, there's a line in the movie that he's saying right before he gets shot, uh, Michael O'Dowd, where he goes, India, similar to Africa, is the white man's burden. And I think that is just such an insane notion to have to like think that you have to go into these. I mean, it is an imperialistic mindset. Like you have to go into these countries that you deem to be different or unworthy or uncivilized and go in and create tyranny and oppression. I think is insane. And to be like, this is our just calling is crazy. This is a whole different rant. We can get back to the movie. But I think it was really interesting that they included that. One thing that I thought was crazy about this movie that I did not expect coming because I always go into these films blind and then I do I uh, do research after. But when he's working for him. Yes. Crazy. 
he says that listening to him speak, he had no remorse. He didn't care. He right? didn't care. Like, it was nothing to him to kill those people. But then at the same time, so yes, I agree. He did not care. And I'm not going to defend this man at all because he was an awful, awful person. But I felt like when they were speaking and the way that he was rationalizing what happened, like, oh, people could have gone to the hospital. And he's like, no, there was a curfew. There's no gathering. You inflicted all these all these laws that would help us to die and would not support us into getting help. And I think you see O'Dowd kind of saying this as like a way to rationalize what he did, not saying that he felt remorse, but I do, I do think that rationalization was supposed to plant like a seed of doubt. Like, yeah, well, he ended up, there was a original general that was supposed to go do it. And he's like, no, I want Dyer. Yeah. Cause he knew Dyer would do it. He's like, he's like, this guy is going to go without, and he's going to execute all these people, you know? But then when Dyer did it afterwards, he, he's sitting there and this is supposed to be all documented facts. Like everything that they, this movie had was, like documented things were said like everything was put down and Dyer says you know I did right right like he's talking to the guy and the guy's, talking like, the general, you know, yeah. the guy's like you did what you were supposed to do as, as a soldier and he's like but it was right right so like he's trying to justify in his own mind that what he just did was okay exactly and I mean I have never been in a military position in a wartime I've never been in any kind of position in a wartime so I can't speak to those difficult decisions that need to be made but I can tell you for a fact, I don't think a massacre like this is ever the difficult decision you think it is. No. And it's never necessary. No. It's women and children and little kids and grandparents. It was a peaceful protest. It was a peaceful protest under Gandhi. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. So I understand. I feel like all these people that were part of it. And I think what was super interesting, and the movie didn't get into this. And when I was doing research, maybe I was looking in the wrong spots. I didn't really get into this. But they were... Indian citizens that were firing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I would have loved to, like, listen to, like, the psychology of, like, that because it does kind of fall into that same idea of, like, the Germans that were Nazis that were just fought, the people that, like, and I'm using quotes because you guys can't see, just following orders. Right. But this, I feel like, fully falls into that. And I think it's a super interesting idea to talk about, like, are you just following orders or are you following orders to get something else? We see this in RRR, a previous movie that we have covered, where Rom was following orders to get into a position of power to steal guns. Not saying every one of these people have to have this noble story like that, but I would love to know. I've, I would find that super interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, it's like any country, uh, even in America during the slave time. Um, some of the slaves would, would tell on the other slaves that were oh, trying of to course. work. Because they were... They had a sense of loyalty to the masters. And I think that's the same thing with these soldiers. They, they felt like they, were, they had to be loyal to the masters. Right. So they did whatever they told them, and they thought that they would show favor, you know, favorite in their eyes. And, you know, it's like the wrong thing. It is yeah. the wrong thing. Yeah, it's, like, it, it's like, no, I'm not saying this, but, like, if you beat a dog, the dog loves you no matter what. He's going to love you, and he's going to have that look in his face, like, no matter what, he loves you. And you're hurting him, but the dog loves you. And... These people kind of like they loved the British government. They loved what they thought was okay for them. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think they. I think they were. I think they entrusted the British government where they shouldn't have. And right, blinded. 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 I think. Yeah. Blind love. Blind love, or just like love out of fear. I mean, there's yeah. so many different things it could have been. Yeah. And I love. So let's get. I mean, let's get back into the full story. So this is. This is the event that the whole movie is based around, but we don't see this until, I would say, the final 30 minutes. Yeah, which was awful. It's 
it is. And I mean, we were talking a little bit off recording about how what scene had the most emotional punch for us. And we were talking about when he's like pulling these bodies out. It's it's very visceral and emotional. But for me, what got me was right at the end when you see all the all the people doing the work to honor and clean the dead and you see all these thousands of bodies like lined up just like ready for burial and ready for ceremony. And to me, I thought that and then you see um, him go into the water to try to like cleanse himself. To me, that was so emotional and so impactful because these I think it was the movie's way and like the director's way and the writer's way of honoring these people because the British government never has. And it says at the end that the British never has ever apologized. Yeah, I I believe I want to say it was 2015. They acknowledged the the, the act, but they didn't apologize. Apologize. No, they acknowledged it, but they didn't apologize, which to me sound feels like even worse. They're like, oh, yeah, we did this. Yeah. Deal with it. Like, to me, that's awful. But so, yeah, I thought that scene at the end when you see when this camera like pans out and you see all these different bodies it's horrifying but it is i mean the movie is a beautiful story about how this man fought for his freedom and for the freedom of india and how he never strayed from that no matter and i mean i thought it was so funny when the government was like what was he doing for six years he was planning and he's like i did this by myself i did this by myself like and they're like there's no way that you could do this without an organization behind you And I thought that was so funny because it's like just because you can't do anything without the British Empire doesn't mean that one person's like anger and passion and like honor and like if you have good intentions can actually drive you to like do something meaningful like this. Not saying that killing someone is ever meaningful, but I think in a in a political stance like this, it is. And I and I think throughout like you see parts of his trial and you see him when he's he's talking to like the detectives and he's always like, I don't have a problem with all British people. I have a problem with the British being in India. Right. And he says that over and over and over again. Right. And everyone's like not listening. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it's just that's I think that's one of the biggest things in life. People just don't listen. People don't listen. They just don't listen. I mean, they, they, they the British justified being there because they were the better power. They thought, oh, well, we can be here because. You know, we're the British government, we're the British, you know, empire, and we can do this to these people because, you know, they're lesser than us, and no one's lesser than anybody. No, and that is an imperialistic, racist mindset to have because, and I mean, I hate when, like, movie. I mean, this is, like, the terminology they use, but when they use words like savages and savagery and, like, they're killing and looting each other, it's like, no, they're not. You're creating systems where these people can no longer thrive. You're you're literally killing them and you're pillaging their earth yeah. and what they're building. It's like just because you can't imagine living off the earth and just because you don't know how to live off the earth and you don't understand and have like a rich connection or cultural sort of like, I don't know, like representation or ideology. And, and there's I mean, I, I don't know if I'm being clear with what I'm trying to say, but it feels like just the British just see something that they want and then they just destroy it. Yeah. They take it for themselves. They, they do. And I mean, we've seen, we see this with India, multiple countries of Africa. They tried to do it to the U S but, yeah. yep. and I mean, I would just say the U S is now a bunch of idiots that tries to do it to everyone else. So <laughs> the white man doesn't learn. I think this is the message. Yeah. And Kira and I, neither one of us are, are Indian. Uh, I'm not Indian. Right? No. Yes, so neither one of us are. And 
growing up, my limited amount of Indian history was Sinbad. I mean, I watched <laughs> Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger. I did watch Gandhi. I just want to say that I did watch Gandhi, Gunga Din. So, like, I, I, but that's what they were showing us. So, we didn't have this movie or, or this documentary back then to show us what was going on in India. We kind of knew, but we didn't know the extent. Does that make sense? Anything? Uh, I, and I would say we, yeah. I mean, obviously, we grew up in very different times yeah. with very different sort of like upbringings. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know much about India receiving, receiving or um, getting their independence from Britain. I don't know much about what happened there. I think through films like this and the research we've done, I've learned so much more than I was ever taught in school. Oh, yeah. I think that is a failing of the U.S. schooling system. Yeah. But I, I've definitely, and I've, it's opened my eyes. I was having another conversation about how I've been watching more of these types of movies and how interesting it is because when I was younger, I would watch, like, my favorite Bollywood movie was Bride and yeah. Prejudice, which is a retelling of Bride and Prejudice, which was because I like Jane Austen, so I sought this out. Yeah. And I didn't, I hadn't seen, like, much more out of that. And I, it's just so... It's so enriching for me to watch these films and to learn and to do the research and to learn more because it, it is broadening your worldview and your scope. And these films are great. I mean, I love this style of movie. So if we look stylistically at films, regardless of what they're telling, I love a, I love a non-fictional political thriller, which I would, I would yes, this, yes, this is what this is. Yeah. I love a story that's told out of time because I think it's really interesting to watch how a character development develops through different points and then you can kind of piece that together in the present or what we're seeing in the present. And I think that technique for this film absolutely was necessary to hit every emotional point and every emotional key that they did yeah. because I don't think there was any way to show his, his progression as a person outside of that. I mean, so much happened in six years yeah. and even before that. Yep. I mean, I would have also watched a movie about him being younger, working with Bharat Singh. Yeah. And then he died. Yeah. Yep. He and got hung. He got hung. He, he went to prison and was hung. So, I mean, I would watch or read or learn about any one of these stories because to me, they're 100% more fascinating than any movie I've ever seen about World War II. Yeah. Bharat Singh, there's an interesting part in the movie where they say, when you get your freedom, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to smoke a cigar and I want to watch a Charlie Chaplin movie. Yeah. So, like, for me, it, it struck me as, like, funny. Not funny, haha, but it's stuff that, like, American citizens take for granted. Like, oh, like yeah. our freedom, like, to smoke a cigarette or smoke a cigar and watch a Charlie Chaplin movie means nothing to us. But this person who is fighting for his freedom, fighting for any, like, just to survive, and what's he want to do when it's all over? Have a, a cigar. cigar and watch a Charlie Chaplin movie. But I and, and I love that yeah. because I thought it but I also think that seems so important in the context of this podcast and how we talk because it shows how universal film is yeah. and it shows how universal messages resonate because at some point no matter how different we are we are all the same right 100% and I think that was like a really just a super interesting kind of way to throw that in there of how they're connected to the western world outside of the british rule because it is just something different and fun. It's a Charlie Chaplin movie. Yeah. You can watch it and it's, there's no bearing on it. Yeah. And like, like for me, like I was saying, growing up, watching movies about India, like basically they didn't, they showed belly dances. They showed like exotic. They didn't, they didn't show all the stuff that, that India went through during the British colonization. 
they went they just showed like like this exotic land where like the girls dressed in like little skimpy outfits and dressed like and danced and stuff and they made it exotic and and but they didn't show like the the pain and suffering and sorrow no yeah of course not and i think also those were not the type of movies that would showcase that and right. i think too when you see when you see early media especially from the western from a western point of view you see a lot of fetishization. How do, I, how do I pronounce the word? Fetishization? Fetis, when they fetishize something. Yes, fetishization. Fetishization, thank yes. you. I cannot pronounce anything, yeah. as our listeners know. Okay, I, it's I, pretty sad when <laughs> I say something and you don't. You're, you're supposed to be the smart one on this one. I'm comic relief. No. We've got to get this right here, Kara. <laughs> I know. But you know what I'm saying? I think there was a lot of that sort of thing happening yeah. where you just see, oh, beautiful women and belly dancing and, I don't know, Incent. I don't know whatever else you see in these types of things, and it's not that. That is a very Western point of view to look at culture, and that's why I'm so excited that we're watching all these movies because it's looking at Indian independence, it's looking at Indian culture through the eyes of people who grew up there and lived it and understand it and understand these experiences better than a Westerner would. And I think that's important because I think time and time again we do see these sort of like white savior stories that I don't think happened. I mean, they probably did. I don't know. But, and I, and I'm sick of them. So that's why I love stories like this where they celebrate actual heroes and they uplift like actual voices because I am sick of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. And you're hundred percent right. It's this movie opens up a lot of eyes. If you watch it, you'll see like just how awful one incident can be and traumatizing that one incident can be but it's one incident that like basically scarred thousands of people i mean it wiped out generations of people in one act of violence it's it's awful and it's heartbreaking and i think that when also sometimes when we think of bollywood films from a western point of view we think of them in the sense of very like fun and we think of the musical numbers and we think of dancing and singing and we think of all these things and it is glossed over, but I think in a movie like this where it is very serious and there is no dancing and there is no singing, it's just a straight movie, it is so impactful. The two little girls. The two little girls. The two little girls. I will probably, I'm going to tear up thinking about it, but they're the two little girls when they are just holding onto each other, dragging each other, and one (laughs) one gets shot in the back and the other one's like dragging her and then the like they're trying to protect each other and it is i know it's fictional but it's it's based off truth it's based off truth and it is this movie i will say is not for the faint of heart no. but everyone should see it yeah especially like when he finds the grandfather and then when he's talking to the, and he's gonna lie to the grandfather yeah. about how his how his granddaughters are still alive even though they are both dead yeah. and as he is trying to soothe this grandfather the grandpa does pass away yep. and it it and i mean to take on that emotional toll as someone who is just who is just thro- woken up and thrown into this horrific scene yep. and then taking on this emotional toll of trying to ease these people who are dying i mean and then you see the pregnant woman screaming looking for her husband and like coddling him his like dead body it's it, it is so gutting to see and it is because it's true and you know what happened and you know and I think to see now that like the British have never apologized for it there is still trauma in that city because of it like you wiped out generations of people and families I it is it is something that is horrible but it is 
an act of war that happens time and time again. And I mean... Seven hours. Seven hours. Seven hours of carrying people to... Listen, he doesn't just carry them like a few feet. He carries them blocks. Blocks. And he he ends up getting like a wheelbarrow and some kind of wheel thing and he's pushing these people. And this is this one guy. This one guy struggling to try and save as many people as he can. Well, there are other people that are doing it too. Yes, other people are doing it too. But he's... But it, it shows, like, him specifically for seven hours, like, doing this. And he doesn't find the one he loves. He doesn't. He never finds her. I would assume never loves again. Yeah. <laughs> and just goes to Britain. And I think his and I think his support system in Britain was really interesting. I think how careful he was was very interesting. And how well thought out he was. Like, the British, once this happens, they try to spin the story of, like, oh, he's a crazy madman. Oh, he's this, he's that. No, the, he was... He was very smart, very yeah. calculated. Yeah. And everything I think he did with, had a purpose. I mean, he could have killed this guy time and time again when he worked with had him. Options. He had so many options, and he didn't. Nope. Because he knew the message that he had to make, and yeah. he knew it was at stake. Yeah, and they even say, what would make someone who's never killed kill? kill. And you this... Know? That would. That would 100%. <laughs> yeah. and, I think, and I think that's what we see at the end when the police officer then shakes his hand, yeah. and then he goes... To be hung. To be hung. He is executed. And then he's holding something in his hand. And it's a photo of him when he was happy. Before yeah. all of this happened. And the same police officer takes it and holds on to it. And kind of keeps it. Yeah. Well, in my mind, keeps it. And I don't know. I thought it was really powerful. I thought it was really interesting. And I thought it kind of showed this bond of like respect. Where this guy was like. Because throughout this whole thing, he is never rude or disrespectful. Yeah. To anyone. No. Even when they're beating him. Even when they're beating him. Yeah. He, he's just, he just, he did what he had to do. He did what he had to do. And, and he didn't like it. He, he, he even says, I don't enjoy what I did. Yeah. He, he said, but it had to be done. And the guy, the guy didn't make it easy on him. I mean, the guy, whenever he talked to the guy, the guy had no remorse about what he did. He's like, look, you know, I did it because it had to be done. But here's the thing. I think even if he had shown remorse, he would have still killed him. Probably. I, Probably. I believe that was so ingrained in his character. Right. I yeah. really do. Vengeance. And I Yeah, and I think this guy deserved to die. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think what was interesting in this movie now tonally, story-wise, this movie but the only other movie you can uh, relate it to right now is RRR. But this movie and RRR, I think is so interesting on how they depict the British. So, in RRR, we see every British person to be evil with yeah. the exception of whatever the the, the, girl. the girl's name was, Emily, Jordan, I don't yeah. know. Pick a white name. Yeah. So we see every British person being evil except for her. But in this movie, we see the British be evil, say evil things, do evil things. But we see another side of them. We see it with the police officer. We kind of see it with these generals second guessing themselves. But it's it's like the other lady, another white lady, can't remember her name. But we see it with her. The activist. We see it with her. We see it throughout like everyone that kind that he kind of had an interaction with. And I mean, he was able to be a successful businessman. He was able to get a job in this guy's house. Like he was well respected. Yes. Yep. He kept to himself and was quiet, but he was well he was well respected by his peers because he stood up for them. We see that in the factory. I mean, this guy was do the right thing. Yeah. That was what he was all about. But it the my point being was I thought it was interesting that this movie shows kind of two sides of the British, whereas in RRR, we just see the evil side. Right. Not saying that right now the British are evil and imperialism is evil and tyranny is evil and what they've done is evil. 
it is just an interesting movie choice right. to show the duality of man oh, in something so horrific. 100%. You know, and it wasn't just like, it wasn't just the British, the Spanish, the French. Oh, the French. It was, it was, it was basically the superpowers at that time and how they colonized their, the, the places they took over. Yeah. So it wasn't like, I don't want you to be thinking, well, just bashing the British. When well, not, I am. Well, he, <laughs> for, <laughs> for this movie, yes, but it's not just the British, like, America. America's like, trying to pull it now. I'm saying there's a lot of places that are doing it right now. Russia's doing it right now in Ukraine. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's like the, the old adage, like, you know, if you have the power, you have the justification, and you don't. You don't. The way that men in power go about enacting their power and enacting ways to get more power, to me, will always be disgusting. And it's something I will never support. I feel like on this podcast, we speak a lot about injustice and there is a lot of injustice that happens at the hands of white people in power. I think it is a trend that has happened throughout history and it is a trend now that is still happening. 100%. And it's just something that we need to uh, get a hold of. So I loved this movie. I will recommend it to everyone I talk to because I think it is a super powerful and interesting movie and it's important. So this movie, like I said at the beginning, was not, we did not stumble across this. This was actually requested to us by you guys. So we do want to give the shout outs. Okay. The first person is Vasunda Sharma, I believe that is. And then Amir Deshmukha. And then Bold Truth. All of this was on uh, YouTube. And if I got it wrong, I'm sorry. I, I just like, I, I don't know the pronunciations and uh, I am American. And I'm not Indian, so if I got it wrong, I apologize. But I do want to send shout-outs to you guys because we do listen. We do listen, and we love them. We have a lot of fun things on the docket, but we do have a lot of more um, suggestions coming in. So continue to give them, you guys. We can't grow with our film library without the help of you. We try to watch as much as we can, but we are human and things do slip through the cracks. I will say, again, I love this movie. Thank you guys for listening to us, supporting us, suggesting this. It was an incredible film. Absolutely. Someone said it would change my top 10. Definitely has. It is a powerful, well-done film. Oh, I 100% agree. Seek it out. You guys got an easy in right there. Amazon Prime. Don't support Jeff Bezos, but it's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess, Ben, you got anything else? No. Like I said, I'm, I'm glad I got to watch it. It was very emotional. It, it opened my eyes to a lot of things. England, just apologize. Just apologize. Just apologize. I mean... You did it. It happened. I mean, own up to it. Own up to it. I mean, I mean, you did say you did it. Yeah, now I mean, say you're sorry. Right. Just, <laughs> sometimes you just got to say sorry. Sometimes you just got to say sorry. All right. Well, we'll catch y'all next time on What's Happening.